Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. Well, our coverage of COVID-19 and its impact on impoverished communities continues. Today, we head to the Philippines, where we see a similar pattern emerging of the use of emergency state powers to repress social movements, but little, if any, genuine government intervention to keep people safe. During this year's May Day activities in the Philippines, activists were arrested for going out and feeding the poor, yet they were placed in unsanitary prison environments. To talk more about the May Day clampdown, as well as the general situation in the Philippines, I'm joined by Christina Palabai. She's the Secretary General of Karapatan, a national human rights alliance that also works with various social movements in the Philippines. There were some mass arrests of activists on May Day, on the 1st of May this year, right across the Philippines. Can you explain to us what happened? Well, on uh, May Day, um, given the current uh, conditions uh, with the, the pandemic and uh, the um, what we termed uh, the militarist approach of the Philippine government. Uh, activists found many other ways to conduct protests uh, and to commemorate uh, Labor Day. So um, most of uh, the people's organizations conducted relief operations providing food uh, aid to numerous communities who are experiencing hunger because of the lockdown uh, imposed by the Philippine government. So just as uh, many of us are preparing for these relief uh, missions, um, the government uh, chose to instead uh, respond uh, through arrests. Uh, of uh, these activists conducting these missions. As early as the morning of May 1st here in the Philippines, um, there have been several activists who, who have been arrested already. More than 30 have been arrested. And at the end of the day, we documented about 76 uh, individuals who were arrested while conducting um, relief operations and other uh, forms of um, commemoration of uh, Labor Day. So one of the things, though, about this year um, is that right across the world, May Day rallies and other kind of left-wing gestures have been thwarted by COVID-19 lockdown measures. Don't you think the arrests this year at May Day are simply consistent with the lockdown measures? Well, I think it's, uh, it's, it's two things. No? One, it is um, uh, out of bounds with uh, what lockdown measures are necessary not to be conducted uh, to mitigate or to um, minimize the spread of the virus you know, because uh, you can use other means, you know, persuasive means. Uh, go- uh, governments can do that instead of arresting people. 
um, by merely those who are merely helping out uh, in um, providing uh, needed food and other aid uh, to communities uh, who are you know uh, getting affected by the crisis um, but it's also a continuum of the fascist uh, repressive measures conducted by governments worldwide uh, to silence uh, labor movements and other social movements in expressing uh, discontent over uh, the capitalist system that has been raging uh, against uh, uh, the working class and peasants in the case of the Philippines um, who are uh, fed up with uh, the kind of system um, propagated by the capitalist system, one that prioritizes uh, profit over people. Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, we are seeing this uh, extraordinary use of emergency powers right across the world to thwart um, political activity in an environment where the economy is crashing, uh, where workers would seek to uh, take to the streets and fight for our rights. But uh, this tension between supposed health and safety versus um, fighting, uh, we are seeing being played out all over the place. Um, uh, I'm, I am curious, what do the lockdown measures look like in the Philippines? Well, the lockdown measures here are uh, probably uh, more different than in other countries, but similar to the cases uh, of uh, the paradigm of lockdowns in, in Southeast Asia and perhaps in the Latin Americas and Africa. Uh, in the Philippines, when the lockdown uh, measures were imposed in uh, uh, March, on March 15, um, that meant people merely not have to stay at home, but they would get uh, penalized if they go out of their homes. No? Um, it's not just mere fines, you know, or, or being accosted by the police. It's being arrested, literally. No? And uh, this, just, this also happens not only to activists, but also ordinary folks who are even frontline uh, health workers no? who were traveling uh, to get to their places, to their workplaces, have been accosted and arrested uh, merely because they're doing their jobs or they needed to go out you know, because uh, they don't have um, food to eat. You know? And in the, in the Philippines, um, we have a big uh, army of unemployed and uh, daily wage earners. You know? um, we call them contractual workers because uh, they have jobs from uh, less than three weeks to a maximum of three months at a time. You know? And uh, what uh, the crisis, the pandemic, and the government response to this crisis has done is to deprive them of those much needed, um, of their much needed wages, which is the reason why they were looking 
for uh, government support um, uh, for for their families. No? And um, as far as social amelioration programs of the government are concerned, it's a mayhem. <laughs> and that is an understatement even no? because uh, billions of funds are poured into social so-called social amelioration programs and yet um, more, uh, the government has merely um, distributed money a small amount of money uh, to less than half of uh, the working of the uh, so-called labor force or poor families in, in, in the country and so um, if if people from Australia or New Zealand or even in Europe um, have uh, the capacity to stay at home uh, and not go out um, or to go out, take some walks in the forest, etc. Here, take some walks outside our homes um, means that you'll probably get arrested. We'll come um, to Duterte's war on drugs in a moment, uh, but uh, what you're describing sounds very consistent with that. I do want to ask in relation to um, issues of poverty and the labour force in the Philippines, we know that the Philippines' greatest um, expo export is human labour. Um, so under the lockdown and under the COVID-19 crisis, what has happened to these workers? Have they been recalled back to the Philippines? Are they stuck abroad? If they've all been brought home, do they have any employment? What, what has happened to them? Uh, well, Giselle, um, we have about 10 to 12 billion overseas migrant workers all over the world. And uh, as of uh, yesterday, the number of repatriated overseas Filipino workers are less than 200, I believe, no? less than 200,000. So uh, many of these workers are uh, probably um, a mix of undocumented workers and uh, workers who have been laid off by uh, their employers outside you know, in the Philippines. Um, there was this uh, announced program that uh, the undocumented workers and those laid off would be given uh, cash you know, from 100 to 200 dollars, US dollars worth of uh, money. Um, but not all have received uh, these forms of assistance uh, from the government. So basically, overseas Filipino workers are left to their own. Majority are left to their own uh, outside the country. They're managing ways on how uh, they would uh, find ways to go home. But at the same time, I think many uh, remain outside because of uh, the need to continue working uh, to provide money for their families here in Jaco. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. I'm speaking with Christina Palabai, Secretary-General of Karapatan, a national human rights alliance in the Philippines, and we're talking about the situation there during the COVID-19 crisis. 
So we understand that Dutetra is becoming more and more dictatorial. He already was a dictator and with uh, extended powers under the international crisis, he's becoming more so. Um, even before the crisis, he unleashed a mass murder campaign disguised as a war on drugs. So firstly, can you tell us about the war on drugs? And then can you give us an update about how this has developed or changed or intensified under the COVID-19 lockdown measures? Well, prior to the war on drugs, uh, the Philippine military has been um, really upscaled uh, their uh, campaign. What they call the counterinsurgency campaign uh, against uh, social movements and revolutionary movements uh, in in the country. So the war on drugs uh, add, added on no, to the impact of uh, this uh, repressive uh, campaign of the Philippine government and the Tetes administration. Um, uh, so uh, what the war on drugs did was it cemented you know, the climate of impunity uh, in the Philippines, meaning uh, the state of uh, non-accountability, the state of how crimes uh, against persons and communities uh, are conducted uh, without uh, repetitively you know, and without fear of accountability. Um, this was what has happened in, uh, in, in the conduct of the war on drugs. And um, this has cost thousands of lives. You know? uh, lives who were claimed in police operations uh, done arbitrarily by the police without due process uh, in a brutal fashion. And, um, uh, but there are several efforts, you know, people's efforts, to um, seek justice and accountability. Uh, complaints have been filed uh, not only in domestic courts and in the high courts in the Philippines, but also outside in international uh, human rights uh, platforms and mechanisms <clears throat> up to the International Criminal Court and uh, the United Nations Human Rights Council. And um, uh, the, the pandemic uh, exposed further uh, the iron fist, the iron fisted rule that uh, Duterte has been using, um, with using the pandemic as an excuse to further clamp down on uh, discontent and protests. Um, can you tell me more broadly uh, how, how is the global crashing economy affecting workers in the Philippines. You've already talked about the levels of poverty. We looked at the situation for these um, overseas Filipino workers. Um, and we know that the Philippines already being an impoverished country um, had millions and millions of poor workers and poor people. Is this exacerbated by the crashing economy, what is happening there? Well, uh, we, our prognosis, uh, considering the situation on the ground as it is now, no, 
is that uh, we will be facing one of the worst unemployment crises that the country has faced throughout history you know, with the, the pandemic and the lakadaisical, um, if not uh, non-existent government measures you know, to uh, provide protection and support to uh, workers and poor sectors in the Philippines with the pandemic. You know. um, unemployment uh, levels are really high up. However, the government wants to uh, deodorize you know, its uh, statistics and records. But we are already, before the crisis, before the pandemic, uh, we are already at 10 to 12% unemployment rate. Um, with the 38 million uh, labor force, that's high, and uh, that's that's merely talking about the the working the working class. No, we have a majority population of uh, peasants who are um, working in uh, communities, rural communities. Um, Seventy percent of them do not own. The land that they work on, no. So, uh, an unemployment crisis, and uh, probably also the worst um, uh, hunger uh, crisis is in the offing for uh, the poor sectors uh, in the Philippines. Uh, it impacts the poor most because uh, even prior to the pandemic, there is no social protection. Uh, majority of the workers are irregular workers, which means they have no social protection and they have no uh, their, their rights to a union, to unionize, are stripped of them. Um, and many of them receive uh, subhuman levels of living of, of wages, minimum, way below the minimum uh, wages that they receive. Up to this day, so actually that means uh, around uh, should I say uh, less than eighty oh, eight to nine dollars, no, a day uh, worth of wage. That's that's the current level that we are at right now, no. So we are very far from uh, the needed. Um, Cost of living, uh, or the cost of living, that we, that should enable families to live uh, within a day or within a month. And with so many of our fight back tactics being taken away from us with the lockdown, how are Filipino workers organising? How are they fighting back? Um, well. Uh, the May Day protests are an example you know, of that. You know? um, workers have uh, the Kilusang Mayo, you know, or the May First Movement here in the Philippines, of which we are uh, supporting, um, have initiated uh, online, and the first ever, I think, uh, as in, in many other places in the world, the first ever online rally participated by more than 40,000 online participants. Uh, last uh, May 1. Yeah. Uh, there were also um, uh, on the ground mass actions, observing physical distancing, of course, and other precautions. Um, 
in in various communities all over the country no which means that um this this on the ground in the streets protests uh there will be no let up you know, especially with the various uh, forms of um, attacks against organized labor and social movements who are fighting back you know, in the country at the same time uh, the efforts to provide much needed support and aid for or for workers and their families are uh, up and about you know, and and these are ongoing uh, uh, there's much uh, there, there are many voices uh, in both in mainstream and in alternative uh, media platforms uh, to voice out uh, the legitimate demands and concerns of uh, various poor sectors in the Philippines. So definitely, um, there is much uh, room and space for fighting back online and offline. And as an international movement of workers, how do we fight back against all of these emergency powers that governments across the world seem to be acquiring? How do we, I mean, a, a massive economic crisis like this one really has the potential to politicize and radicalize. How do we as workers realize our collective power at the same time that these emergency powers are in place? And how do we connect internationally given the economy is international? Well, uh, you're correct, Giselle, no? This is an opportunity, a great opportunity to further expose uh, the failings of the system, that the, the global system uh, that um, uh, imposes poverty, upon all uh, uh, workers uh, all over the globe. So uh, the means by which it is done, uh, both at the national and at the community levels, uh, are ways by which movements should um, creatively discover you know, and uh, find ways to organize more workers and more um, members of the work of the, the poor sectors in society. I mean, it's, 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 it's left to uh, our own exercise of our create, creative organizing, you know, how to do it at the local level. But this is the moment where international solidarity is much more needed to close ranks. You know? um, we have the um, online platforms available, still available you know, right now, to build um, stronger international movements. Webinars are one thing, but uh, we should uh, focus more right now on strategies you know, to strengthen international solidarity. What can be our common calls? What can be our common demands? What can be our common forms of action uh, as an international movement? You know? And uh, I guess, uh, we should start having that conversation uh, in the immediate, considering uh, the um, global situation that we have. Uh, and this will not go away you know, in the next few months. Christina, thank you so, so much for your time and your insights uh, uh, in relation to the situation for workers and the impoverished in the Philippines. Is there anything you want to add to the discussion? 
Um, well, I guess this is a call for both uh, the uh, people of Australia and for uh, the Filipinos who are there and here. You know? uh, this is a time when uh, the, the, the workers and the, the poor can only rely on ourselves. No? There is no, this is a time when we cannot expect any messiahs uh, from either governments. No? We only have ourselves. And the only way that we can um, fight back against COVID, uh, fight back against uh, the measures that um, make it even worse, is to uh, firm up our unity and to take further actions uh, to, um, to, to further our rights and welfare. Uh, as uh, Karl Marx has said, we have nothing to lose but our chains, no? And uh, we have to um, soldier on uh, and to fight back for our rights. I was speaking with Christina Palabai, She's the Secretary-General of Karapatan, a national human rights alliance in the Philippines. And we were talking about the situation there during the COVID-19 crisis. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. This week's program was produced in my study at home with the incredible support of 3CR staff. I want to extend a very big thank you to them for ensuring that this program is still able to be heard right across the country. Accent of Women receives the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week. Yeah, judgment. They put